watch cartoons We'll take a look back at where we've been So let's hop into our time machine Hello and welcome to another episode of Cartoon Time Machine. I am Scarlett. I'm undercaffeinated. Katie. We're your animates. I I don't know if you're planning on introducing yourself in this episode now. I said Katie afterwards. I am very undercaffeinated, so it's going to be a weird episode. Following last week's weird episode. Yeah, we're our goal for this episode, Katie, is we're going to try to keep slightly more on track than we did last episode. Can we, can did, we Tony Hawk, each other there? did Tony Hawk ever appear in this show? Um, this particular show? Actually, I do think so. Uh, this week, we are uh, talking once again about one of our favorite animated shows, uh, Phineas and Ferb. And more specifically, we're doing a countdown uh, of each of our top five favorite songs. Katie just uh, pounded their fists in triumph. So I assume that means Tony Hawk was in fact in Phineas and Ferb. Okay, update. Tony Hawk was in the Phineas and Ferb short talk show thing. I remember those. Those were great. Was so it week two with Phineas and Ferb? Yeah, so we have human Tony Hawk talking to Phineas and Ferb, which I think makes it better. Tony I, Hawk, I the hit that. star of Surf's Up in an alternate universe. <laughs> I am a multidimensional traveler. I am. I am just... Going through the multiverse like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, but I'm only in ones where mediocre animated movies of the early 2000s had slightly different casts. That's the only amount of multiverse I'm allowed to travel through. Put me on the Avengers. Anywho, uh, (laughs) to try to keep us on something of a a normal train of thought, um, uh, Phineas and Ferb songs. Oh my god, this is... This is a, I'm a mess tonight. Uh, we're both messes. I, you were like, keep our train of thought going. I don't have a train. And if I do, it has no wheels. It's not moving. I imagine my train of thought is like one of those like mine carts where you do like the one guy pushes down on one side and one guy pushes down on the other. What, what's that called? That, I don't that know, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I just like like the scene in Blazing Saddles where they're like going on a little push cart, like the one side pushes up, the other side pushes down, and they they roll down the track. That's basically what's going on in my brain right now. That's the that's the speed of the of the train of thought I've got going. Um, but nothing energizes me more than a good Phineas and Ferb song. Uh, this show was notable for, despite only having 11-minute runtime per episode, more or less every one of those 11 minutes uh, had a song in it. There were a few exceptions down the line, um, but those were made up for by the fact that sometimes they did an extra long episode, which would have like five or six songs. Um, so there's literally hundreds of these. Uh, just, you know, if you count the little jingles, of course, which I would count because they're good. Um, and I think it's like, uh, yeah, yes, Katie? I now have a have my first one that you just gave me. I didn't even think it could be it, but now you said jingles count. What? Okay, all right. I'll I'll bite. What's your what's the what's your your number five? I suppose we'll start. I don't that. know. I'm not doing numbers. Okay, I'm doing numbers, but you can go ahead and not do numbers. We didn't set up how this episode was working beforehand. I said top five. I thought that's pretty self-explanatory. I didn't think I had to label what the order of the top. You don't five. like labels. It's fair. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> but also, Doofenshmirtz Evil Incorporated. 
Yeah, it feels like we can't not mention that one. That's just the best jingle ever written for anything. Yeah. Here. Next to Perry the Platypus. Perry. Perry. What I like most about the Doofenshmirtz Evil Incorporated jingle is that is the extent to which they they riffed on that gag. Because, like, it's it reminds me a little bit of, uh, not to be a, you know, beat a dead horse but I feel like every week I, I praise the Simpsons for some reason but it feels like very much in the spirit of the Simpsons where they would sort of start with a relatively basic joke and it would kind of keep getting more and more layered the more you like think about it like the idea of the idea of Doomishwords having a jingle period is hilarious because it's already kind of a weird meta thing like that it would that there would be a jingle for this guy um then it's extra funny because you think about uh, wh- why why would they be advertising this in the big old building? Um, then it's just funny because the name is funny. Like that would just be evil incorporated is inherently a funny thing um, that it would be an organization. Um, and then they riff on it as a running gag throughout the series, uh, which basically just anytime you see Doofenshmirtz, there's a riff on the on whatever he's doing to to the theme um my personal favorite is doofenshmirtz holding a bucket because he's just standing on the on the lake with a bucket that's deeply funny um there's also like this sometimes they like it's so long they can't like fit it into the jingle like i forget the exact wording but like it was like is like a house in the woods somewhere or something like that or there was other another one that was like that like there's there's always like an extra added gag. Uh, one time Vanessa sings it, which is super funny. Uh, and Candace calls her out on it. And she's like, oh, it's just something we do in our family. Like, it's just delightful. It's a good theme. Everyone has a weird family quirk. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. I mean, and I think good, good for Vanessa. Upholding <laughs> the, the good old Doofenshmirtz name. Feels like she should change that, you know, I feel like later in life. Uh, not wanting to go through life with the last name of Doofenshmirtz. But she loves her dad, so. She does love her dad. Um, actually, that brings me to number five on my list, because my list is actual songs, and my list is also actually numbered. That <laughs> uh, I could include jingle. <laughs> fine, fine. I, I did say that, so joke's on me. Um, number, uh, number five on my list uh, is There's a Platypus Controlling Me. Um, I'm a gun. Is that that's on your list too? Yeah. Well, that's why we have our pool of honorable mentions that we can we can dig to when I've already said a thing that you said. Uh, it, it's what you get. I gave you the first dibs and you went with the jingle. So I'm just going to use your things. Um, this uh, To give some context to this song, because this one definitely needs a little bit of context for why it's so good. Um, Doofenshmirtz is, is trying to set up a birthday party uh, for, for his daughter, Vanessa, uh, and she's trying to hide the fact that she has a new boyfriend and like there's shenanigans happening. He's going to go spy on her when she's at this party and based on a birthday party, it's something she's at a party in like a dump somewhere. Um, Perry beats him up and through a confluence of events, he finds himself, uh, taking the place of the DJ at the party. Um, and he's got, uh, his, his fingers have become glued to the records on the DJ board. Uh, and uh, he's got a mind control device on his head. This whole episode is wild. I'm just like re- reciting what happened in this episode is insane. He was trying to use his mind control device. Uh, Perry stopped him and starts controlling him instead. 
and what this what exactly what it says on the tin on the tin the platypus starts controlling him making him do a cool hip-hop rap thing with the dj board and vanessa finds that she actually thinks her dad is very cool when he does his rap about platypus controlling him it's I, a good a good one i believe the end is the emo boy the goth boyfriend is like man your dad's cool and sure reaction is my emo boyfriend can't think my dad is cool only i can which is such a sweet sentiment. Like, this show was so good at having, like, really funny lines like that. Like, that's objectively a funny line. Mm-hmm. But it's also really sweet. Like, it's mm-hmm. very sweet when, you know, the whole episode, Doofage Birds is trying to, like, get on the level of his daughter and, like, have her, like, love him. This and- is the episode where it's, it's, he's getting the present for her and he gets the doll she wanted years ago. That's a, that's a different one. And that also, I think, has a good song going along with it, right? She, it, was, it, was, it was Mary McGuffin, I remember, was the name of the, of the doll, which is funny to me as a, as a film, film school nerd because McGuffin is the Hitchcockian term for uh, a random item like the data drive or the diamonds or something, basically something that has no actual plot significance other than everyone wants it, um, which is what the doll is in this episode is that both uh, Vanessa and Candace want to get the doll um, and Dubinchwartz has it because Vanessa asked for it at like her like sixth birthday party and he's been trying for about 10 years to get this doll for her and he never gave up and what I really like about that is that I feel like it's strongly implied that the divorce happened in between that point of like she asks for the doll there's a divorce and then he's still looking for the doll to get for her like that's just like a nice little detail I think that, that like it's you know, even despite, you know, all the messiness that happens with a divorce, he's no less her dad on the other side of it as he was at the beginning. Um, just generally a very sweet relationship with all, all the dupe and schmertzes. Yeah. Very good. All right. What's next on your list? Hmm. I'll, I'll go with the one that was stuck in my head this actual morning for no reason. Maybe because I subconsciously knew we were recording this podcast. Um, I hope you more than subconsciously knew we were recording this podcast. <laughs> I wasn't actively thinking about it at okay, 9 a.m. in the morning. That's I was fair. thinking, oh, I have to go to we're work. thinking of it at 9 a.m. Oh, it's 80 degrees. <laughs> hey, hey, I can replace you. I edit the podcast. I can replace you. Hmm. <laughs> I see we're at a standstill. Well, get you, get your goo was in, in my head this morning. Yeah. I was the just first, a catchy one. Yeah. The OG and just pretty catchy. It's a, it's a cute one. I don't remember a lot about it, but somehow it earwormed itself into my brain decades later. Has it been decades? No, it's been... Has it been a decade since that it's one It's definitely came out? been a decade. I want to say Phineas <laughs> and Ferb premiered in 2007. Okay, it's we're getting to decades. We're getting towards a decade, two decades. Yeah, it's well, yeah, definitely been a decade. Um, well, Gitchy Gitchy Goo was just designed to be an earworm. Like, that, was, that was apparently the one... You know the the pilot episode uh, roller coaster notably doesn't have any a song in it. Uh, later they did roller coaster the musical which had many songs, um, but that first pilot episode did not. And then their second episode, as I recall how the story goes, 
uh, they presented Disney was get, uh, was a uh, uh, what was the episode called? It was like Flop Stars, I think, was what it was called, um, where Maybe. they become one hit wonders that's their goal and of course mm-hmm. that means that they had to write a song which is gitchy gitchy goo which is designed to be purposefully earwormy and the story goes that as soon as disney execs heard that song they realized oh man we have a talented team here can we get one for every episode and dan Povenmire and and jeff swampy marsh like the absolute kings they are responded yeah okay that sounds like something we can do and they did so You've got to, if nothing else, you've got to praise Gitchy Gitchy Goo for being the one that started it all. And it accomplished their goal. It's a dang earworm. Such an earworm. And now it's stuck in my head. Um, This is great. It's it's a delightful song. And it's a song that makes almost no sense. Like a one-hit wonder shouldn't. Right. I mean, it's, it's kind of like a parody of songs like that, you know, like yeah. I feel like the fifties had a lot of songs like that. Like I can't think of them off the top of my head, but I feel like there was a lot of songs like about like they would just do a weird noise and they would be like, and you're like, that's how I say I love you or something. But there's, you know what? This is a weird, this is a weird deep dive, but hear me out. There was an episode of the Jetsons that had roughly the same plot of that episode of Phineas and Ferb where little baby Elroy, I think was the name of the youngest Jetson. Um, he is like writing up a secret language um, for him and his friends and his older sister, whose name I do not remember. Um, <laughs> a daughter, they, they say the names of all the characters in the in the opening of the Jetsons, but I remember it's, I want to say it's Trudy, but maybe that was the wife. I don't know. Whatever I'm not it is, fact she's checking anything. Don't don't fact check me talking about the Jetsons. I don't know. Maybe in my alternate dimension, they were all voiced by Tony Hawk. Um, but uh, I'd like to imagine there's one part of the multiverse where all animated characters are voiced by Tony Hawk. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm um, going to our Twitter that's never used, and I'm tweeting about the multiverse of Tony Hawk, <laughs> the multiverse of Hawkness. Um, yeah, um, and and basically in that episode of the Jetsons, which is like seventy years old now, um, so I'm not, I'm definitely also not saying that that Phineas and Ferb ripped off this episode because I think I might be the only person in the world who has seen slash remembered it. Um, but the uh, daughter, teenage daughter, is writing a, a like a fan letter to this like Elvis like pop star and the letters get switched so that instead she sends him the made up language that her little brother wrote. And of course at first she's angry and then they like see the pop star on the TV and he's singing a song that is like basically, yeah, again, like weird noise, like means I love you. Um, so I, I also might've just like fever dreamed this particular thing. I'm not going to lie. It's been a long time since I've watched the Jetsons. So, and I have no means of searching this unless I decided to read a list of every episode of the Jetsons, um, which I'm not going to do. So I don't know if anyone else out there in the world remembers this episode and can fill in more details. Mm. I don't know. I was too busy tweeting about the Tony Hawk multiverse. Have we had like two tweets in our entire like lifetime as a Twitter? No, we did a whole uh, live watch of season, the first reboot of Animaniacs. It was a year and a half ago. <laughs> we come out of our was... Twitter silence to tweet the multiverse of Tony Hawk, and then we go back to silence. We're the weirdest Twitter ever. No, I 
tweet things about every other month. Okay, that's good. That's good. I clearly am not on our Twitter. Um, no. All right, well, I'll go then uh, to the next song uh, on my list, uh, which is uh, Tatooine, uh, which is from the Phineas and Ferb Star Wars special, which I know you've seen, uh, Katie, because you got forced to watch it and you loved it, right? I was the one who was in the apartment, was in our apartment one day and was like, hey, I'm going to watch this one finally. I've only well, you seen forced others to watch it. I'm yeah. by mistake. I got the, I got the, the amount of, of forcing. Uh, no, I, I think that was the same day I forced our apartment to enforce it. We jokingly turned on uh, the first uh, Percy Jackson movie um, as our roommate was coming home uh, to see what her reaction would be. Pain was the answer. And then I believe we watched uh, this episode next. I hope this was a good palate cleanser then. Um, it was. Because I think I've, I think I've mentioned on this show before, the Phineas and Ferb Star Wars special slaps so hard. It is so much better than it has any right to be. It is my third favorite Star Wars thing. I will, I've said that before. I'll say it again. It's just after New Hope and Empire, then boom, Phineas and Ferb Star Wars special. Um, and it was kind of hard to take just one of the songs uh, from this special uh, because really they're all absolute bops. Um, but I went with uh, the, uh, the song Tatooine, which is our introduction to this world's version of Phineas and Ferb, uh, who live on, you guess it, Tatooine, uh, same planet as Luke Skywalker. Um, and I think on some level, part of the reason I really love this song is that as with most things with the special, everything seems to fit in place so naturally. Like, it makes perfect sense. The whole, the whole song is about Phineas and Ferb singing about how much they love Tatooine, which again, surface level in and of itself, hilarious because the whole point of A New Hope is how much Luke hates Tatooine. And I don't think there's ever been anyone in any Star Wars thing who has ever expressed love for Tatooine. I'm sure there's Star Wars nerds out there who can correct me, but in, in general, seen as a, as a trash planet for trash people. But of course, Phineas and Ferb love it just because it's a planet of eternal summer. Like, why wouldn't they love it? That's like their whole thing is wanting summer to last forever and that they get what they want on Tatooine. Um, also just like a lot of like little little tiny like in jokes uh, in there, you know, with like they, they're you know drinking, they're eating blue ice cream and they're uh, giving a Bantha a shower, like little little goofy things like that that I really like um and it's also just kind of a a good a good bop it's got I, I you're, you're already jamming to it I can see uh in your head <laughs> hey. it, well it's, like, it's a it's a slower song for Phineas and Ferb usually I think they do like slightly more fast-paced songs but like partially because they had a whole special and they weren't trying to like cram it into you know you can only have a song sequence that's so long when your whole episode is 11 minutes but when they had you know an hour worth of, of material they could use. They they were able to have a sort of a, a slower paced, relaxed song and it works out nicely. Yeah, well, in the same vein, I did have another one from this, uh, this series special on it. Because we've, we've talked about this, I think in our Disney retrospective where we got to talk for this and for, uh, In the Empire is an absolutely hilarious song. It's a, that was like my second choice. I was trying to think of like which ones I should talk about. Uh, it is such a bop. 
and the jokes are really good. The the whole joke of Candace just being a stormtrooper is great. Um, my favorite part is when uh, we got to get Darth Vader some socks. Also, Candace just having a meltdown in the middle of the song. She's missing level Darth. She she does completely lose it in the middle at at nepotism and bureaucracy. Wrong four times. One time it was upside down. That's really good. Again, we talked about these this up this special on song a couple times, so we don't have yes, to go into too much detail. We won't we won't beat it too too much harder, other than just to say you guys should watch it. Um, and also I want to give a special shout out to uh, the last song in the special, uh, Rebel Let's Go, which is just like, I feel like we're going to describe a lot of songs on this list as bops. That is one of relatively few songs in Phineas and Ferb that like, I feel like I could legitimately play at a party and no one will complain. Like, it's like not, it's not a, it's we not like a- do that. I should do that. I mean, we host, I hosted so many parties in my apartment. Why did we never sneak a Phineas and Ferb song in? I have an entire playlist now of Phineas and Ferb music that I intend to. To use. be fair, I did sneak in multiple SpongeBob songs. You say that I mean one. You didn't immediately silence everyone. Be like, wait, it's a SpongeBob song. Everyone, be quiet to appreciate the SpongeBob song. No, it was often uh, electric jellyfish, though. <laughs> jellyfish jam is pretty good that's what it's called right jellyfish jam uh, there's jellyfish jam and then, like electric boogaloo are like the two. Oh, i don't i don't know if i know well maybe i'm thinking they're both the same thing um was it my no turn they or? aren't because i get the wrong one each time ah okay 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 continuing Oh, you you just gave yours, so I guess it's back yes. to me now. Yes, okay. we're at. I I've said three now. Cool. Um, I I just said two, right? Yeah, because I started. Your this is your third. Cool. Um, I guess I'll go for a more sincere one. Um, uh, which is Carpe Diem. Uh, this is the song uh, that closes out the aforementioned uh roller coaster, the musical, which again, entirely full of amazing songs. Um including special kudos to the opening number, which cycles through like 20 different visual references to various musicals, which as a theater nerd, appreciated. Um, but Carpe Diem is, I, I think it just like has like a really nice message to it. Um, it's, I mean, it, and I think in many ways, it's the thesis statement for the entire show, which is I think really why I put it on the list. Um, like I think a lot, I think there's a lot of uh, songs in Phineas and Ferb that, you know, could act as a thesis statement, especially the ones they do in their big movies. Um, but Carpe Diem, I think, is sort of the one that always strikes me as the the one that really describes what um, what the show is about, um, which is basically like, you know, we've all had fun here today, kids, but, you know, you, you, don't, you don't have to be Phineas and Ferb to make the most of your life and you should try to do all the fun things that you want to do and don't let yourself be inhibited. Don't let yourself, uh, you know, let life pass you by. You should try to make the most of every single day. Um, 
and I, I also appreciate that they actually like make use of their their tagline um, for the series, which is there's no such thing as an ordinary day. Um, that's just like a little personal thing that I enjoy. Like I like when shows are able to integrate their tagline into things. I don't know. It happens rarely because it's hard to do that organically. Um, but Phineas and Ferb does a great job at it. Uh, and also this song uh, features a cameo by Kenny Ortega, which is great because he was like at the height of his fame at the time and they animate him coming in. He's like, here, here's some choreography to do. It's like, thanks, Kenny Ortega. It's just all around a really fun song and a really sweet one, a sincere one, uh, and catchy, which is nice. Um, so I also, also, in Phineas and Ferb's continuing quest to teach vocabulary to, ch vocabulary to children, this was the song that taught me what the word didactic means. And it's a really good word, and I like using it. I like using, I like teaching people about it because I am didactic. See, I used mm. it in a sentence. Take that, SATs. Woo! All right, I'm punchy. What's the next on your list? <laughs> yeah. Uh, ain't got rhythm. That was it. Nice. I knew you were going to use that one. Go for it. Well, I, it's just, it's very stuck in my memory because that would have come out while I was still doing percussion and stuff. And it's a very percussion heavy song within fun ways because they're using. Also, when you think about it, it had to have been a fun song to Foley. Ooh, I bet. 100 That had to have been so much fun to be in the Foley pit for. All right, we're stamping books. What are we going to use? She's not a stamp on a book, that's for sure. <laughs> Probably not. No, I, I wouldn't. No, it's great. I wouldn't think so. Oh, but that. It's just a fun episode too. Like overall, um, dude, we're getting the band back together. Is is just they've got so many songs in there, so many different musical styles. I think they won an Emmy actually for "Ain't Got Rhythm," if I recall correctly. Um, it's just, it's so good. It's just a well-made song. And that episode is also overall very good. But that is probably my favorite one from the episode. Yeah, I would, I would say so. Um, it was nominated for an Emmy. I don't think it won. Um, and that is a shame. Um, yeah. Oh, it lost to um, I'm effing Matt Damon uh, from what I assume is Jimmy Kimmel. Um, so that's a real shame. Emmys. Hey, like, this is a really amazing song. You gave it to a stupid parody song and a late night show. What the heck is wrong with you? Yeah. I feel like this might like this whole episode might be like their most well-written songs in some ways because they're all very well made in, in every way good lyrics good beats good stuff like good melodies um that one's just the top of the bunch for me i i think in many ways because they were writing songs specifically for people who in the in the world of the episode were musicians. And I think mm -hmm. out of the world, I think they were also musicians. I think um, so. I don't know enough about the production of that episode, forgive me. Um, but I think because of that, the songs had to be somewhat diegetic. Um, and as a result, they had to be, the, the audience had to understand that they were good songs from the character's perspective too. Like most of the, most of the songs in Phineas and Ferb are sort of understood to be 
you know, again, mostly non-diegetic, mostly there for, you know, the way most musicals have songs is to, you know, advance the plot along, create atmosphere. But like, we understand for the most part in the world of the, in the world of the episode, uh, they're not what we hear. And of course, Phineas and Verb is an incredibly meta show. So they break the fourth wall regarding that a lot. Um, but that means that you can have kind of insane songs um, like the, 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 the space ice cream song where you just have a character literally known as disembodied reggae space voice um, who's just singing about ice cream. Um, and you have a character called out with disembodied reggae space voice. Um, but like, it's a, and it's a fun song. I'm not, I'm definitely not hating on it, but it doesn't have to have the same level of quality as a song that like in universe is supposed to convince you that this band is great and should get back together. Um, Ink Got Rhythm literally exists to prove that the drummer is a good drummer. So that song is entirely hinging. The plot is entirely hinging on that one song having the most rockin' bass line you've ever heard. <laughs> and it yeah. does. I, I, my brain just confused me. We are actively talking about a different episode of News Verb and this song. And for some reason, I have the rubber band song stuck in my head. The, the 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 one where they're at the rubber factory in India. Yep, and it's just rubber bands and rubber balls. It's a great. I mean, that's again. We'll get a little off topic. Just talk about that. All. I mean, that was on my. Uh, that was I was on my my list of options. Didn't actually quite make my honorable mention list, but it was close enough. Um, another another one that is in universe a song because they call it out they're like you hear the the, the backing track start to play up as they're walking into the rubber factory and Vidya's asking like so what do you make here and the uh, I think it's Balshit's uncle is like oh like come come along there's a whole musical number explaining it and then they go in and it's an incredible Bollywood style number that's basically just saying we make rubber bands and we make rubber balls <laughs> just a delightful a i delightful. believe super special density made with super special density yeah that's a great one uh another one just deeply catchy um all right uh cool what's your second number number two whatever are, are, are we back to are we back to i'm completely yeah. lost track of where we are we're back to me um i'm so i think that i think i have what might be a kind of controversial choice here um, because as far as I can tell, it's on no one's list of their favorites. Um, but it's also very on brand for anyone who knows me that this would be up there as my favorite songs. Um, and it's One Good Scare Ought to Do It, um, which is their Haunted House song for one of the, I think, I what I think was their first Halloween episode. I could be wrong. In fact, I think I am wrong. I'm going to take that back. I am wrong. I'm pretty sure they had another one. Um, but it's the one I think of most when I think about Phineas and Ferb's Halloween specials. Um, basically the plot is that Isabella has hiccups and Phineas is trying to scare them out of her. Um, and as a person who really loves just like general atmospheric spookiness, I think this song really captured the, the joy of being in a haunted house. Uh, it's in this lovely minor key. It almost sounds like there's a harpsichord. It ends with a big evil laugh from Ferb who's dressed up as a Frankenstein monster. Um, it's it's maybe not the most catchy and maybe not you know for some people the most memorable um but it it does it does scratch that particular itch for me uh, of a, a good spooky vibes halloween song um it makes me think of all the other great halloween specials i've seen over the years um so not much more to say about it because again i i know it's not on many people's lists but i wanted to call it out because 
I really like it. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. All right, back to you. No, well, I want to remind the audience, I didn't rank my songs. Scarlet ranked them. I just kind of came up with five uh, and put them in no particular order. But the one that's ended up uh, for me in this position tonight is Squirrels in My Pants. That's a fair one to make your number one. I'm sorry. That's pretty good. It is. I'm saying I haven't made it my number one. It's just here. But it's a good, it's just, it's a, it's a name in some, I think I'm using that word, right? Name? Yeah, I didn't use that correctly. Inane comedy, and it's. Uh, I'm telling you, know, you that because I'm didactic. It's a callback. Oh We've done it twice. We have to do it three times now. That's how it works. Oh, no. Comedic rule of three. Comedic rule of three. Uh, it's just, it's such a uh, dumb, no, it is such a dumb premise. To make a song because your character has squirrels stuck in her pants. And to make it a rap. And it's a good rap. I don't like rap music that much. But, you know, I guess it's more hip hop. Yeah, I guess it's probably closer. I I don't know enough about music to say whether it's rap or hip hop. Um, It's not my genre speciality. But it is super iconic to Phineas and Ferb. Like, mm-hmm. that's the day reference. The looks. Much. The comedy. I, it, gets, it gets gift a lot. I see a lot of squirrels in my pants gifts. Um, mm-hmm. Mostly because there's butts involved, and the internet is weird about butts. That's true. I did see someone on TikTok remake the video. I believe I sent one of them to you, but they remade that one. And that was, it was surprisingly good for how hard of a bit one that must be to remake because the movements are not human. No, they're definitely designed for, for animals. Um, I mean, I think I've, even as a kid, I was confused how Candace got squirrels in her pants when she's wearing like painted on skinny jeans, but you know. Yeah, we don't have to worry about that. We don't. I think that's part of the fun of that song is it's also so cartoony in a sense. It really uses the medium to its advantage. Even more than a lot of other songs. There is kind of no universe out there where a song called Squirrels in My Pants could exist. Uh, So good use of animation, guys. Uh, Because it would be dirty in any other context other than it's in a cartoon. And there's literally squirrels in your pants for a reason. All right. How did this get in there? I kind of forget. I don't know. I really don't remember. The but they were it's not important. The point, the, the, the reason is not important. What matters is the journey that we took to get there. And the way we got there was with squirrels and pants. Yep. All right. What's your last one? I've definitely mentioned it before, but I'm going to say it again. Busted is the biggest bop. I <laughs> love it dearly it is again another one of those that I feel like is just like a good song in and of itself it's a little bit less self-contained than something like even something like rebel let's go uh because it's sort of telling a story um but I I think it it works so well to show the similarities as well as the differences um between Candace and Vanessa uh and both of them are really good singers uh that's Olivia Olsen and uh Ashley Tisdale both singing their singing their hearts out, um, really beautiful harmony between the two of them, beautiful choreography and the dancing. It's just perfectly, you know, on on tempo as it 
is, you know, you would expect it to be an animation. It's the beautiful thing about all these songs that they, they, you know, they so much use the medium to their advantage and they're able to have dancing and singing perfectly synced up and have the visuals be whatever it needs to be to complement the music. Um, but I think, I think Busted is just, there's not much to say about it other than go listen to it. And once you have listened to it, it'll just be in your head forever because it's perfect. <laughs> and yeah, I guess that's, that kind of is the end of it. We, we each I talked about five I of feel our like, favorites. I feel like there's one song we should just put at the end. You're doing the Aglet song? No, I was going to oh, say what? the theme song. Oh, well, also Aglet is really good. I couldn't leave it. Aglet is really good. The Aglet song. Because we all, that, because, because. That's why we all know that, what Aglet means. We all know what Aglet it means. I didn't even Everyone. have to be didactic on that one because the show already did it. That's three. Three. <laughs> but yeah. And that uh, kid is known as a field perfect. goal in football. What? And I said, and that kid is known as a field goal in football when you get three points. Yay. Um, we're, I, I, we've definitely discussed on this podcast, but we had friends who went to a Bowling for Soup concert. I don't think either of us were there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where after a, a relatively serious concert, as serious a Bowling for Soup concert could get, the crowd of college students demanded that they play the Phineas and Ferb theme song, and they did. I think I saw the video of that. I mean, what else can you say? But when a, when a cartoon theme song is so good that an entire crowd of 20-somethings cheers down a band to play that theme song. I think... It only our few years of college would do that. And we did. It done happened. You know, I feel I, I feel like there's a Phineas and Ferb has touched a wide swath of generations. I think today's kids are probably watching it. And I think that's in part due to Disney Plus. Um, I imagine there'll be a resurgence in a few years. There's always, you know, old shows get resurgences now and then. Um, I think Seinfeld is kind of in one right now. Uh, a few years ago, Friends came back in a really big way. Uh, the Office obviously did. And I think that's just sort of just barely dying down now. Um, but I, I would not be surprised. Uh, my prediction is that Phineas and Ferb will make a similar comeback as the younger generation, little, little Generation Alpha, um, begins to discover it for the first time. Because um, it's great. And I think the songs play a huge part in pulling in audiences and making it memorable. Um, I mean, I think that there's, you know, not a room of people that you couldn't, you know, of our age, where you couldn't start singing Squirrels in My Pants or uh, Gitchy Gitchy Goo, um, and, or certainly the theme song, and not have everyone sing along. I mean, they're, the, the lyrics are so clever, but also simple enough that, you know, even a young kid can pick them up pretty quickly and memorize them. Um, and sometimes I teach you something like Aglet, which is great. You know, I mean, um, I mean, that's why a whole generation of kids knows what Aglet is. It's a completely useless piece of knowledge. But yes, we all have it now. Hey, I have a command of thoroughly useless information. Calvin and Hobbes quote for anyone who doesn't know. I love when you use that quote. That's one of your favorites. It is the quote that describes my life. Isn't that what you put in your senior yearbook? Uh, I think it's what I wanted to put in my senior year quote and my mom said, no, you can't, but it's so true. Yeah. I didn't consult with anyone on my senior year book quote and it just says me fail English. That's impossible. It's a Simpsons quote. Uh, And then I got, and then I got my English teachers to sign the page because 
I did not, in fact, fail English. I was such the English teacher's pet. Yeah, none of this shocks me. They, the they used to call me out to reinforce their points. I, oh my I, God. I specifically oh. remember, this is such a tangent, but I need to, I need to get it out. We, when, we, when I was a sophomore, we started reading Great Expectations and the teacher pointed to me, he's like, this is one of my favorite books. Wouldn't you agree, Scarlett? And I like raised my hand like, no, Great Expectations sucks. I'm sorry I read it. And I'm really sorry I have to read it again for this class. <laughs> I don't know if I would have enjoyed your presence in high school or thoroughly loathed you. You would have beaten me up every single day and I would have deserved it. I did that in college to you. High school. I deserved it then. And when we eventually see each other in person again, I will also deserve it. (laughs) You are. Yeah. Fair. Let's end this episode. Let's end this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope you go off and leave this episode and go enjoy some of your favorite Phineas and Ferb songs. Uh, As I recently discovered, they're like basically all on Spotify. So I now have a two hour playlist of Phineas and Ferb songs that I can go listen to. And you should all do the same. We're going to pop back into our cartoon time machine. I'm going to hook up the aux cord to my Spotify and we're going to jam. Oh God. I'm so glad we put in the aux cord to the time machine. It's been really boring in there without it. That was a lot of sitting in silence. I'm Scarlet. I'm still tired. We're your animates, and we will see you next time. <laughs>